Hello everyone and welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Savit Karl and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship and building in public. This episode is called Fundamentals of a Calm SaaS Business. And first, a word from my sponsor. Get a practical nuts and bolts business education in just 15 minutes a day. Check out the $100 MBA show where business school dropout and successful independent entrepreneur Omar Senem shares real-world lessons on starting, growing, and scaling your own business. On the $100 MBA show, Omar shares what he's learned over years of entrepreneurship, including building his own SaaS company from the ground up with zero outside funding. From book reviews to special guests and listener Q&A and more, the $100 MBA show offers lessons you can put to use right away, whether you're an established entrepreneur, a side hustler, or just somebody with a business idea. Subscribe to the $100 MBA show on your favorite podcast app or check out 100mba.net. That's the $100 MBA show on your podcast app or 100mba.net. This episode is also sponsored by MicroAcquire. And MicroAcquire is the number one startup acquisition marketplace. Isn't it nice, you know, how to start and how to sell all in one show? That's kind of cool. Typically, as a first-time founder, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into when you go through an acquisition, and MicroAcquire wants to change that and empower founders when they're speaking with buyers and really help streamline this process of getting acquired for the maximum price without the headaches. And to date, MicroAcquire has helped hundreds of startups successfully get acquired, they facilitated hundreds of millions in close deal volume. So if you're thinking about selling your startup, you want to go check out MicroAcquire, go to microacquire.com to learn more. And now, let's get started. Software as a service businesses are all the rage. For some entrepreneurs, it's the top rung of the ladder of wealth creation, and for others, there are these prime intersections between building a business and solving interesting technical challenges. You won't find an industry that SaaS has not penetrated yet, Plumbers, they organize their field service dispatching with cloud-based scheduling software. Winemakers, well, they use point-of-sale software to manage their long-term restaurant partners. And teachers, they speed up their administrative work using templating engines that integrate into their virtual classrooms. Software is eating the world. And SaaS founders benefit from the incredibly versatile solutions that digital businesses can sell to eager customers. If you want to build wealth, build a SaaS. So what is a SaaS? Most businesses are software enabled, but only a fraction can be called software as a service. A SaaS is a business that continuously delivers a software product to its customers. This is but one of many ways of funding a software business. Before the internet made massive file transfers easy and affordable, software was distributed on mediums like disks and flash drives or DVDs. These boxed software offerings often were buy once and use forever. Software as a service is different. SaaS customers pay a monthly fee for continuous access to the service instead of installing the software on their own computers. And this is an important distinction. Traditional retail software needed to be maintained and updated by the buyer. With the SaaS solution, your customers won't have to take care of that at all. They will always be able to access the latest and most advanced version of your software. And that's why they keep paying for it. Most SaaS businesses monetize using the subscription model. Every month, a customer pays a certain and relatively affordable amount to keep using the product. In exchange for their ongoing purchase, sometimes called the forever transaction, they receive updates and new features, and they don't have to spend time or resources on maintaining the service. So 
what are the advantages and maybe even drawbacks of SaaS businesses? Well, suppose your product can solve a recurring critical problem that your prospective customers commonly have to spend a lot of time and effort on solving. In that case, you have a strong candidate for a SaaS business, and you'll find that the more frequent and painful the problem appears for your users, the less hesitation they'll have to pay a monthly subscription. The more common the problem in your industry, the more potential customers you'll be able to attract. And while that promise of recurring revenue is very alluring, it comes with a few risks. In a business that depends on a steady stream of small payments, instead of charging a big fee upfront, you'll be strapped for cash more quickly. There are ways around that, like annual plans, but you'll always have to keep an eye on your subscribers. Every month, they have to choose to keep paying you, and your job is to prevent them from churning. Many professionals have started suffering from subscription fatigue too. And while it's great that it's normal to subscribe to services instead of buying them outright, people have to juggle so many subscriptions that at some point they just can't handle more of them. Your product better be worth it. Aim at becoming the last service they cancel when things turn sour. You want to offer the service that provides a substantial advantage that canceling their subscription would really hurt. And once you find that sweet spot of solving a critical problem for somebody, SaaS becomes a fantastic business to run. Software as a service might be the most easily scalable kind of business out there. And sure, you can hyper-optimize the logistics chain of a beverage company, but try updating the shape of the bottle while thousands of people already have your product in the fridge. You can't change what has already been delivered. Well, with a SaaS business, making real-time improvements, that's a daily routine. The digital nature of software combined with the web as a distribution medium results in products that can constantly improve and adapt to changes in requirements and expectations within hours, not weeks. Many SaaS businesses deploy new iterations of their product multiple times a day, and these updated versions reach all their customers at the same time. The update is usually just a browser refresh away. And this can create a magical feeling in your customers, and they're ready to pay for this. SaaS businesses usually have significantly higher margins than businesses in other industries. And even in an economic downturn, SaaS businesses report 60 to 90% gross margins. That alone might want to make you start a software company. But it gets better. SaaS businesses are incredibly cheap to run due to the inherent scaling effects of offering the same exact product to all your customers and an almost zero marginal cost for onboarding a new prospect. Often a new customer means just adding a row in a database and triggering an email onboarding process. And all of that can be automated and costs you a fraction of a cent. And this kind of SaaS is called a low-touch SaaS business. Ideally, you'll never have to manually interact with your customers in such a business. If they need help, they find it in the self-help center that you've provided. And your payment provider handles their subscription management, any feedback comes through feature suggestion tools and automated surveys. SaaS businesses like this can reach thousands of customers without having to hire additional help. A low-touch SaaS business can benefit immensely from word-of-mouth marketing, particularly peer referrals. And in fact, it can benefit from network effects of all kinds, both externally when it comes to acquiring new customers and internally where customers help each other. They support other customers right inside the product. They can share resources, teach each other better ways of using the product, or even create a whole ecosystem of plugins and integrations or shared documentation. Transistor FM, 
is a great example of this kind of SaaS business. The podcast hosting solution is run by two co-founders and two employees. They have thousands of customers and they offer integrations with tools like ConvertKit and Twitter and Zapier. The platform allows podcasters to distribute to all kinds of popular podcast listening apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Audible. I've been a loyal customer for years and I never needed to talk to customer support. It's been a no-touch experience for me and that's the lowest touch there is. On the other side of the spectrum, you'll find the high-touch SaaS businesses. When your customers need premium customization options and can't use your product without having to perfectly fine-tune it to their needs, you will have to put in a lot of upfront manual work, but it's usually worth it. Premium treatment has a premium price tag. This results in more traditional sales and marketing approaches focused on finding a bespoke custom package for high-volume and high-profile prospects. My experience with Sparkloop fits into this high-touch category. This SaaS business offers a referral system for newsletter creators. To get it started, I had an hour-long onboarding conversation with Louis, the founder, which was so insightful that we turned it into a podcast episode. This service is also priced on the higher end. Most customers keep paying $300 per month, and Louis and his co-founder are providing high-efficiency fraud prevention, massive customization for emails, landing pages, and much more. Each customer can create a referral system that they need, and they will all look different. High value, high touch. Both low-touch and high-touch can work well for a SaaS business, depending on the market and the service offered. A calm SaaS business will likely fall more into the low-touch category, as the high degree of automation combined with the low impact of a single customer canceling just increases the likelihood of smooth sailing. Still, either way allows you to build a calm business. And generally, SaaS businesses aim to follow the configuration over customization approach. You'll build one product that your prospects can configure to work well for them. The moment you need to add custom features, the complexity of your product just skyrockets. A calm business sells a simple to maintain product and adding configuration to serve many usually outdoes building custom features for the few. It's easier to add another config option than to build this complicated feature flag system that only shows certain features to specific customers. The decider on how much customization you need lies in your industry's available integrations. If you have access to common standards and existing software interfaces, these can be integrated once and made configurable for your users. But if everyone is using their own arcane means of doing business, you won't be able to avoid custom solutions. And this is something worth investigating before you create your first prototype. What inputs do other SaaS businesses in your field support? What output formats do they offer? What are standard integrations? Anything like this will make it easier to make your product fit into existing workflows. Another facet of your specific industry that heavily impacts how well it's suited to SaaS solutions is the level of data protection and control businesses expect to retain. If you sell software to a military branch, they will expect high levels of certifications and assurances. And also, they likely want to run your software on their own premises, or at least within the confines of a cloud that they have complete control over. SaaS and on-premise solutions can work together, but will make product development and distribution a high-effort nightmare. You find much calmer processes and lower customer expectations in less secretive industries, where the use of cloud-hosted software is commonplace, such as design agencies or beauty salons. Now, if you want to run your SaaS business as a solopreneur, you should take note that while it's straightforward to get started alone, it turns into a colossal commitment once you have a globally distributed customer base. Cloud-based software needs to run continuously, and no technical system is ever error-free. 
you'll be on the hook for emergency server repairs and answering customer support tickets around the clock fairly quickly. And a SaaS business can be highly automated, but eventually a human being needs to solve problems as they appear. Without finding help and eventually building a team, your state of mind will be anything but calm. I've been in the middle of burnout running a SaaS before, and it took me years to recover from the stress and anxiety I developed there from neglecting my mental health. And as much as this kind of business lends itself to being scrappy, you can quickly underestimate the effort you have to put into keeping it running and serving your customers. Make sure you have the support network and the contingency plans in place for a journey that will turn into a rough ride every now and then. But it's worth it. Building a calm SaaS business can be incredibly rewarding and it's a great way to build wealth. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Boots of Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You find my book, Zero to Sold, and The Embedded Entrepreneur, and my Twitter course, find the following there as well. If you want to support me and the Boots of Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.